today in our Brahma Vihara practice, we'll explore the practice of compassion. The other day, I think it was Sally that said or pointed to the connection between the various Brahma Viharas. The basic quality of care, of connection, open-heartedness, kindness, friendliness. That's the quality of metta. And it underlies that basic connecting, caring quality underlies the quality of compassion, the quality of mudita, of sympathetic joy. When that caring heart, that experience of being present, connected, caring, feeling the sense of kindness, when that caring heart is in the presence of suffering, the flavor of the heart will have the flavor of compassion. And when that caring heart is in the is experiencing or in the presence of delight or joy or appreciation, the flavor of that heart becomes empathetic, sympathetic, appreciative joy. And so the shift in the formal practice of compassion is that we begin not just exploring the connection with our benefactor, our dear friend, the neutral person. In in the metta practice, we're exploring the connection and opening the heart to connect, to have that sense of caring. In the compassion practice, we actively turn towards suffering. We bring the suffering of the beings that we're connecting with into our minds and explore how is the heart in relationship to this being who is suffering. And so it... it, uh, It it can be a challenging practice in some ways in that we're actively kind of turning towards suffering. With some beings, this is, in one um, question the other day, somebody mentioning, you know, opening to with the metta, you know, with the neutral person, I think, you know, the the experience of, of the pandemic and how much suffering there is just as we open to open to that. And that connection to the suffering naturally will turn the mind towards the feeling of compassion. And so that's, that's the exploration that we're, we're connecting with. 
the feeling of compassion has that connected quality, but it also is not resisting that suffering is happening. It's open. The feeling is is one of openness and not pulling back, not barricading oneself from the suffering. The phrase sometimes used to describe the experience of compassion, I don't know where this came from. The first person I heard using this phrase is Jack Cornfield. The quivering of the heart. The, the heart is kind of, it's soft. It's not hard, but it's, it's soft and it's like, it's got this quivering quality to it. And it comes with this wish to act to alleviate the suffering. So compassion has a, a very active quality to it. It comes with the the movement to want to help, to want to do something, to alleviate the suffering. And this is a beautiful feeling that movement of wishing to do something. It can be that we may experience that as frustrating, frustrating when we aren't in a position to be able to to act. When we can't actively do something to alleviate the suffering of, of that being. And yet the, um, What I come back to sometimes is remembering that the act of offering this wish for compassion is a form of action. Being in the field with somebody, if if you're with somebody who is suffering and you are not resisting that suffering, you're able to be with it and hold it. There's a way that, that that can be felt as a great support. I got this taste of this. At one point I was sitting with a friend who, we were just out at a park and doing some, some qigong and, you know, and, and then we sat down to have a conversation and, and my friend kind of had a memory come up of something from a long time ago that, created some distress and and uh, I said well you know I'm, I'm happy to sit here with you and and he said well I don't know what to say I said you don't have to say anything I can just sit here with you while you while you're feeling whatever you're feeling and I was not at all resistant to uh, to what was going on and actually I was practicing I wasn't practicing compassion per se I was practicing awareness, just being with myself, being with my friend. And a couple days later, my friend came back to me and said, what were you doing? 
he asked me actually said were you were you sending metta <laughs> i said well no i was just being there I wasn't actively sending metta and he said it was amazing so even that even just our presence even just that open-hearted willingness to sit in the field when somebody is suffering that can be an action so don't underestimate the power of that it's quite lovely it's quite beautiful to be one who can witness compassion witness suffering without resistance and there can also be this movement to to do and when we have that possibility that action may follow very naturally and it's a beautiful thing actually to to taste that motivation coming from such a wholesome quality to taste the feeling of the wanting to do something to act to engage in the world that's not coming from greed or aversion but coming from wholesomeness really gives our mind an education and helps helps the the belief the view that usually comes embedded with greed and aversion that i'm the only reason you do anything you know the the those states of mind kind of think they have a lock on action in our lives that they're the reasons why we act but when we get the taste of compassion and the feeling of the motivation that comes with it we viscerally learn that different place that that action can come from action can come from wisdom from love from care and it begins to kind of decondition that belief that's embedded in the midst of anger and greed So in terms of the formal practice of, of compassion, and you know, for myself, I think, you know, the, I think I said this when I led the metta practice, that for me, the formal practices of, of the Brahma Viharas were initially quite challenging. And for me, the way in was really the mindfulness practice, beginning to just be with experience and the cultivation of the allowing of everything the the happy things the difficult things that began to open the heart to being able to be with suffering to being able to be with joy without fighting anything without holding on to anything and so the practice of mindfulness does cultivate these qualities it's not really separation it's just kind of a different way in we could say a different way in are we more actively aiming the mind inclining towards metta compassion sympathetic joy the formal practice of compassion does unfold in a similar way that the metta practice does we we choose beings out of various categories and explore the possibility of having that connection feeling that personal connection to a being and exploring the possibility of wishing them to be free from their suffering and so in that connection we are also orienting towards whatever way they might be suffering or struggling 
So for a dear friend, we might know specifically what they're suffering about. We might know a particular thing that they're struggling with. And it doesn't have to be, as, as we've said in the metta practice, you know, we don't have to pick the most difficult thing or the, the, the friend that we have who has got the most challenging situation in their lives at the beginning of our compassion practice. But you could pick somebody who's, who's, who's got something that's, you know, there's a little bit of struggle there. When we shift to the neutral person, then we don't have the specifics, but we can know, just as, as Sally said the other day with the neutral person in Metta, we know that they have the human experience. You know, the friends and the family, and they also have the human losses. And so we can know with a neutral person, this person too has their ups and downs. They have those moments of of struggle. And so with the compassion practice, as we connect with the being, we actively remember the struggles that happen with that being. This is kind of counterintuitive in some ways. But this is where compassion is sparked. Compassion is sparked in conjunction with meeting suffering. And so we can't ignore suffering when we're exploring the active cultivation of the compassion practice. The place to begin, the easy being for this particular category is someone who is um, suffering, but who is not necessarily the closest person to you. And sometimes it can, it can be someone who, for whom they can't help themselves. So a child in distress, for instance, where they don't know how to help themselves. There's a very natural movement of heart when we see a child in distress to want to do something to help, to want to to support them. So that's that's the kind of the beginning, the flavor of, of compassion. So that's a place to begin. The, the first being that we would begin with is the someone who is in distress and someone that perhaps we're not that close to because when we get close to somebody, the, the, um, the reactivity, again, we start wherever it's easiest to cultivate the quality without having extra things to deal with. And when we're working with somebody who's close to us, often there can be fear that comes up or, um, you know, fear about what happens to me if, you know, if that problem doesn't get solved or, um, or there's resistance about knowing their suffering. So, so that it, it brings in some of the additional things that we have to work with ultimately in the compassion practice. As with the metta practice, you know, I use the analogy of the the washing machine and it pulling what's not metta 
out into the wash. Similarly with the compassion practice as we orient to meeting suffering. The compassion is the quality that is not resistant to suffering, is able to fully open and connect to it. What we'll see as we do the compassion practice is all the reasons why we don't want to do that. That's how the compassion practice works. It pulls those things out. It pulls out pity. That the, the quality of, oh, poor you, you know, that subtle kind of aversion. It's not a true connecting. It can pull out cruelty on the other side. The sense of, well, they must deserve it if they're suffering this much. Those those are the uh, the resistances in the way of the compassion. So we again we we proceed as as we would. We bring a being into our mind. So we'll, and when we do this, we'll together we'll start with someone, perhaps that you know who, but not maybe aren't that close to, you know is having some kind of struggle in their lives. We'll start there. And then um, we could move to the dear friend, the benefactor, ourselves, the neutral person, the difficult person, and then to all beings. We're not going to go through all the categories today. Um, we'll... we'll um, We'll just have this one day with the compassion practice. And so you're just going to get the flavor of it. I think what we'll do is this easy being, then ourselves, and then all beings. The phrase that we use is a phrase that's expressive of the wish of compassion, which is, may you be free of this suffering That's the basic phrase, the basic wish with compassion. May you be free of this suffering. Sometimes we might have some um, struggle with that phrase, especially if we're offering um, the phrase to somebody you know, for instance, who has a terminal illness or something, you know, where we know that they they only have so long left in their in their lives, and we may be thinking about may you be free of the suffering as um, you know may may the cancer be gone, and we know that this is is not possible that that you know this is the course of their illness, and so sometimes we can resist that phrase, so other times at times it can be useful perhaps to use an alternative form of a phrase, something like, may you hold your suffering with ease. Or, I care about you with your suffering. So those are some alternative phrases that, that, um, that you could play with. But I also want to point out that the wish for compassion you know, is actually the wish, regardless of the reality of the situation of whether or not 
um, they, the cancer or the illness could go away. The wish of compassion is the wish that they have freedom from that suffering. And I sometimes connect with that by, you know, almost asking myself the questions. If I had a magic wand and I could have that illness disappear, would I do that? Yes, that's, that's the wish we're connecting to. That wish that all beings be free of suffering does kind of run up against the reality of impermanent, unreliable, uncontrollable phenomena. But it doesn't invalidate the wish that things are impermanent, unreliable, and uncontrollable. We think it might. You know, we might think it would invalidate the wish that I shouldn't have that wish given the unreliability, the uncontrollability of the world, that that wish is not valid. But the wish is the the deepest wish of may it be gone. That is the wish of compassion. And so holding both of these truths, the wish, the deep wish, that that suffering be completely alleviated and understanding the truth of impermanent, unreliable, uncontrollable, Part of the compassion practices is holding these two together. Opening the heart to hold both at the same time. So let's settle into a posture that feels comfortable. relaxed, taking some time actually to connect with the body and relaxing the body. Maybe allowing the attention to gently kind of coalesce around the area of the heart. And taking in whatever the experience is there in this moment. Sometimes at this point I just have a sense of breathing through the heart. Almost letting the breath be like a gentle massage in that area. Bringing, allowing your attention to kind of connect with a being, 
someone you know who's having a little bit of struggle in their lives. And recognizing the struggle. As you explore that, connecting and recognizing the struggle, how is the heart? What happens to the heart as you connect to that struggle? Whatever happens, it, it may feel a quivering. You might feel that flavor of the quivering. You might feel a little pulling back. Just allowing that to be what it is. And then however your heart is, connecting to the intention of wishing they have freedom from that suffering. May you be free from this suffering. And how is it have made that wish. Really, in an embodied way, checking in. Expressing that wish. May you be free from the suffering. And what happens, particularly in the area of your heart, as you make that wish? There is just this one phrase with the compassion practice. You're welcome to shift the phrase if it's supportive for you. I care about your suffering. May you hold your suffering with ease. And sometimes I find with the compassion practice, with a single phrase, it's a little bit easier to really just connect with the experience that happens with the wish. Because I'm not needing to rush to get through multiple phrases. Connect with the being and their struggle. Offer the wish and connect with how it feels to make that wish. Taking your time. And remembering that the what's opposite or what's in the way of that wholehearted wish for them to be free from that suffering, it's natural for that to come out.
can that be just in the field? Keep exploring the wish. If the reactivity gets overwhelming, you could let go of exploring compassion for a moment and bring the easiest being with metta into your heart. Give yourself some time with that quality of the connecting and caring with an easy being. I'll give you some time to play with that for the next few minutes with this easy being, offering them the wish freedom from their struggles.
Now I'd like to invite you to connect with yourself. Taking yourself in as you are in this moment. Opening your heart just how you are right now. Then turning compassion towards ourselves, again, we need to orient to some area of struggle, of unease, of stress. And perhaps there could be something slight in the moment, a slight difficult body sensation or or perhaps there could be a little bit of resistance to the practice of compassion. So holding yourself with this, whatever the flavor of unease is and expressing the wish for yourself. May I be free from this suffering. May this suffering release. And practicing self-compassion, if there's any resistance that comes up or holding or pushing or pulling that happens around the practice itself, that can be included. This too. May there be ease with this. May there be release of this suffering. May this release. May there be freedom from this suffering. And remembering to check in, how does it feel to make that wish? If it feels too challenging to offer this wish for yourself, you're welcome to step back to where it's easier again. The first 
being that we explored. See if you can hold that wish for freedom from suffering for another being for a few minutes. Then come back to exploring it for yourself again. Opening the heart to this wholesome wish that we ourselves be free of suffering. It's okay to have that wish. Now in shifting towards an opening of this wish for freedom from suffering. Allowing the mind to kind of expand to take in 
other beings and a shift to all beings. Sometimes I find it helpful to just open the mind and let whoever wants to come in and have that wish expressed to them. Let them show up. May you too be free from your suffering. Allowing a relaxation of a focus on a particular being and a sense of expanding. First to beings you may know. Beings in your household, perhaps, or around you. May you be free of suffering. Maybe expanding a little further to beings in your neighborhood that maybe you see on walks or And it can be helpful to let these images of beings just pop in and as images come in, just wishing them that. May you be free from suffering. Knowing that all beings have their struggles. Relaxing as you open. Opening out to express the wish for all beings. You can use that phrase, may all beings be free from suffering, distress, unease. And remembering that you are one of all beings. Perhaps you can Reflect that you're a recipient of the wish from everyone else, as well as a recipient of your own wish for freedom from suffering. May all beings be free from distress and ease. And as you open out in this way, if particular beings appear, it's giving them a little extra wish. You too.
So you can get creative with the compassion practice like we've been encouraging with the metta practice too. It can be helpful sometimes to bring in some support of friends and benefactors to send compassion with you or sometimes to be surrounded by dear ones who you know wish you well and exploring, receiving compassion for yourself in terms of opening to that possibility. The experience of compassion can have a it, it, it has a soft quality to it. The heart does not feel hard or constricted at all. But it does have that kind of quivering flavor to it. When I first felt a real sense of self-compassion, it was a little bit odd. The first experience, I was suffering a lot at this one point. There was something going on. It was really hard. Life was pretty challenging. And as I was going out to try to do something to take care of a situation, there was this funny feeling. I was just being aware, but there's this very funny feeling in my body. And I was like, what's that? That feels, sometimes something feels like it's wrong. Something feels wrong. But I just decided, well, let's just see what it is. What is that feeling? And the feeling, actually, when I fully opened to it and fully allowed it, it it came to me that what this is is self-compassion. The self-compassion acknowledges fully that something is hard. It takes that in. It is it's it's available to know that that something is hard and it feels that difficulty. It feels that suffering fully, but it's not resistant to it. When when I recognized the quality that I was feeling was self-compassion, tears sprang to my eyes. I had not really felt that for myself before. Both the feeling fully, the suffering, and the wish to be free of it at the same time. It felt very impersonal in a way. And so, you know, the, just, to, just to express that, because I had all these ideas about, you know, what it might feel like, and when it finally appeared, and it, it, again, in my own practice, a lot of the qualities of the Brahma Viharas began appearing in the mindfulness practice first then I began to understand them and could start to cultivate them, could start to get a sense of them. So that was my doorway. That was my way in. So sometimes, you know, the, in practicing these, these um, teachings, in practicing the practice of, of compassion, really opening to, well, what is here? rather than having the sense sometimes we might be looking for something, you know, looking for some particular experience or some particular flavor to be there. And in my, in my own um, 
you know, that exploration of, well, what is this feeling that feels like something is wrong? I wouldn't have like turned to that saying, well, that's compassion. It was really just opening to, well, what is this? You know, just the curiosity, what is this feeling? And it showed itself to me as compassion. And so the, the encouragement to land with your experience, your embodied experience in the compassion practice is an invitation to see how the heart is responding without any judgment whatsoever. And it will reveal these things that are in the way of compassion too.